Welcome to the heartland of America, as the World Wrestling Federation presents the first ever King of the Ring extravaganza. Tonight, eight of the toughest superstars of the WWF will bang heads in a grueling single elimination tournament to determine once and for all who is the King of the Ring. Hey there, folks. Welcome to Talking Turnies. I am one of your hosts, Sam, and with me, per usual, is my co-host, Dan. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Sam. How about yourself? I am doing well. Want to get this out of the way up front. So, we had talked on last episode that we'd be doing the WXW 16-carat tournament from 2011. Unfortunately, life gets in the way sometimes, so we're going to be punting that for next episode. But So for this one, we're going to be talking about sort of state of tournaments in 2023, as well as like things we're anticipating coming up and maybe some news bites and so forth to kind of give us a little bit of a, a reprieve and maybe shoot a little bit off the cuff. But before I before we get to that, uh, Dan, I'm going to toss it over to you because I know we want to talk about some unfortunate things that have happened recently in the wrestling world. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone could listen to this and not know about what happened to Jay Briscoe. Um, I'm not sure that we'll break any new ground, but I, just, I wanted to discuss it because, uh, one, I mean, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, and the start of this podcast was my Desert Island Com tape episode of your, of your podcast. And I had Jay vs. Mark Briscoe. You know, from HCW on there, I had a Jay Briscoe promo on there. Like I, I did. So I always, I never could imagine wrestling without him. And now here we are. And uh, I don't, I haven't really taken in any. I'm, I'm sure every podcast I've talked about, I haven't been able to take him in or listen to him. But just, I hope that people know how good he was in the future, and they know that this isn't like rose-colored glasses like he was the real deal he was consistent i mean it was, it was 20 years of the briscoe brothers being a great part of wrestling um outside of that he seems like uh just from what everyone's saying seems like an amazing man um i personally feel you know like you know we don't know people but i've always felt camaraderie with him because he's uh he's a cheer dad and i'm uh I don't know if I discussed it on here, but I'm basically like a cheer uncle. Like I, I coach tumbling 
at my niece's uh for my niece's cheer team. Uh, I go to all their competitions and but you know, there's like when I would see him practice with his daughter, it's like it just was like you know seeing the man behind the 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 character. It just it's just it's just a bummer. I mean, the only good news I've heard is that it seems like both of the his daughters that were in the car are, are heading in the right direction. The last I heard is his oldest daughter, uh, I believe her name is Gracie, is getting feeling back in her lower legs. So hopefully that keeps heading that direction. I don't I don't know. I don't know what you say about it. It's just a tragedy. Yeah, uh, with Jay Briscoe dying in a car accident, it, he was someone that, like, he was phenomenal. He's, I think, is easy to say, it, it is not hindsight. He's Him and Mark being talked about as the greatest tag team of all time, that is not revisionist history in light of the news. This is something that has been talked about more this year than any year. Well, I guess we're in 2013 now. More in 2022 yeah. than it feels like I'd heard ever. And the FTR series really sealed that in for a lot of people in a way that I don't think had been quite solidified previous to that. Or at the very least helped kind of make it an easier case. Helped to wrap our heads around. It's hard to talk about the wrestling right now just because it's so fresh. And he's someone that... Obviously, the big thing with him is him saying some pretty, let's say, bad, heinous, whatever you want to say, stuff previously. But by all accounts, taking the the time and effort to work on that to kind of improve, to change in a way that so few people really do. And coming off this, and obviously for extremely different reasons, but... Thinking about Jay Briscoe and Brody Lee, John Arbert, um, about coming off their deaths. The big thing that came out was not necessarily, wow, one of the great wrestlers of our time by people close to him, by people within the wrestling community. It was, wow, he loved his family so much. And he cared so deeply about them. And whenever possible, like that was the thing they wanted to talk about. Uh, That's what's kind of sticking with me right now. And how tragic it is that these two two men, it's going to be hard for me to like unlink these people despite the the time difference, despite, despite the reasonings being quite different, but two men being taken away from wrestling well before they're over with it. In some ways, someone could say, like, right as they're about to get the flowers that they've been working towards their entire careers. But having all of this outpouring of love and how much they cared about their family, it's just, that's what's going to stick with me about these two folks. Um, and yeah, there's nothing else I can really say other than it's tragedy. I was thinking of the Brody Lee thing myself because uh, with Brody Lee passing and Jay passing and everyone talking about how no one has a, a, a bad word about them, where I'm like, I it almost seems like because both of them are somewhat close together that it's like cliche. Like, this is, sounds terrible. I want people to know most of these guys are scumbags. Like, everyone has bad things to say about all these guys. So, like, this is true. Like, they were, like, this is not the commonplace. Like, people, you know, this is a cutthroat business. And most of these guys have lots to say about bad things to say about each other. No one, I haven't seen anyone say anything bad about Jay 
since his passing or before his passing. I mean, and like I said, he's a family man, community man. The schools closed down the day after it happened. Like it was a big deal in the community. Um, but like you said, it's hard to talk about the wrestling. Um, I know I saw people talking about where that leaves Mark, and I'm like, I got to think that is the farthest thing from Mark's mind. Like I, I don't know if he'll come back, and if he will, I can't imagine it's anytime soon. Yeah, for someone that uh, your family, obviously, but also someone that your entire career is just going to be linked to, and that your entire professional life is linked to, let alone all of the personal business with that. But yeah, that I, I I don't want to sort of hammer this into the dirt necessarily, just because I know everyone's taking the time right now to discuss this, think about this, and really wishing Jay's family well right now as best they can uh, during this time. But that's kind of yeah. I don't, I don't want us to kind of get yeah, too I don't want to in, the, in the mud necessarily. It, but, but like I said, I felt like with you know how much it affected me and like. Kind of like the genesis of our podcast, we should at least mention it. And uh, it is like kind of a hard segue to be like this, you know, terrible tragedy. And now let's talk about Bola. Let's talk about Bola, though. <laughs> let's do it. I think it's really messed up that Dave Meltzer retracted his five star plus rating for Brian Keith and Mike Bailey. What do you think, Dan? I missed all that. That's crazy. Um, when I see the show in three months, uh, four months, I'll let you know if I think it should be five stars. You know what's funny? I'm pre- I'm fairly certain that these shows are getting turned around in a pretty decent timeline these days. Oh. Like I think right. Right. on one of this these high spots, one of the three high spot streaming services, it's probably up within the next couple of weeks. But no I one mean, knows I... that anymore because no one cares about PWG in any meaningful yeah. way. It's very weird. I mean, I like Mike Bailey, you know, I like Brian Keith, I like Commander, but it also feels like I'm getting those guys everywhere else. Like, it's not hard to watch recent matches of any of these guys. Yeah, it's... Felt like Bullock previously may have been like a culmination of the indie scene. Like, hey, everyone's coming in. This is going to be a hot little number here. With all the stars. All the stars are everywhere. No one's kind of. Not wrestling places right now. So it's hard to. Make that separation. PW doesn't have that. That spark anymore. I know it feels like everyone says that. So it's not really like. Dishing out new information. But still. Doesn't feel. Big in the same way. Yeah. Speaking of the streaming services and all the stars and kind of going off what we were talking about last week, I just realized, because I know you, you know I was concerned about eventually wanting to get around to re- uh, reviewing a ECWA Super 8. They are available again on, on the Premiere Streaming, streaming. Yeah. Network. Wow. I did not know that. I missed that. No, I saw it, and I was like, we're, we, can't, we, can't, we can't not do it. We're all signed yeah. up for the Premiere Streaming Network. Yeah. Going to try and get a promo code for us. I feel like that's the way forward here. I feel like we're big shots, right? I mean, we're tastemakers. We're tastemakers. Yeah. We're making taste. We're turning you know everything around. Network, when I went to go sign up and it says, you may also like the major brothers pod 
whatever. And I was like, well, no, I, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I will not. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to be on the table. But I appreciate you bringing it up. If that's their best foot forward. I'm a little apprehensive, but I will eventually sign up for it so we can talk about an ECWA Super 8. Because that, you know, that, like I said, like, I mean, that's a little that predates PWG, but it's like it used to be you could wait because you weren't going to see all these guys in the same show. Where, I mean, I'm honestly, I think Mike Bailey is, Bailey's amazing. I'm kind of over it. Like, it's just too much Mike Bailey. Yeah. It feels like no one's really also using Mike Bailey to any great end. It's not interesting. Yeah. It's like, oh, you have one of the most dynamic performers in wrestling, but he's just having the same match with everyone. And like, I'm all for formula. I'm a Sammy Callahan fan from back in the day. (laughs) But there comes a time and place where like, if the competition's not going to rise to that occasion and you don't have a promotion that's really backing them to do something extra special, what's the point? Obviously, you know, that means I'm just not watching Impact Wrestling. That's what I'm missing out on, Dan. They had some sort of pit fight with him and Kenny King, which I don't know what that means or why that's the case, but that's piqued my interest enough that I will think about watching it. It looks kind of cool. It looked cool. I'll never watch it, but I, I'm going to think about watching it. Yeah, I got to catch up with my whole 2022 watching so I can submit a ballot. <laughs> Sam can't even get me to watch the shows I need to watch for this to be a podcast. <laughs> He's not getting me. <laughs> To watch Impact Pick Fight. Yeah, I am trying to catch up for voting in the Chris 100. Forearm Smash 50. By, I don't know if we can call him from the show. I'll call him from the show. At Fight Haskins. I'm ready. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But Dan, we're talking about a little bit about Bola. And how maybe that image is not as squeaky clean as it. It once was. Are there any tournaments coming up in the near term that you are looking forward to? Hmm. I mean, I am looking forward to... I don't know why, because I'm glutton for punishment. I'm looking forward to Triple A's Triple Mania's tournament. Where they do the three shows, three tournaments. It's just... It's going to be awful at parts. And they brought back Alberto Del Rio for some reason. But I'm going to hold out hope that something there's going to be something good. There's going to be good lucha in there. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a different tournament than last, last they, year. Yeah, they say they, they did the uh, format differently this year. Ooh, do you know the format? I guess is what I'm asking. It's Oh, yeah. it's There's four teams. It's Psycho Clown and Sam Adonis, uh, Pagano and Rush, Pentagon and Alberto. Um, I should pull this up rather than... Oh, Blue Demon and... and uh, Azul, DMT Azul, and they will face each other in tag matches, and then the two losing teams face each other the next Triple Mania, and then the losing team from that have a singles match at the third Triple Mania, like in a priceless match. So, got it. There's a lot of, uh, I mean, there, there's like you have Psycho Clown, you have you have Roosh, I mean, you have Blue Demon. There could be some good stuff in here. Yeah, yay. You never know. You never know. Yeah. With Alberto there, though, I'm going to say not optimistic. I mean, you you just know. I'm just I'm just a mark for all this. For, for a Lucha Mask match, I just have a hard time not loving it. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, outside of that, I mean, um, 
the Jersey J Cup has a lot of guys I like, but it's just filled with a lot of guys I hate. Like, it's like no in between. It's not like guys I don't care about. It's just guys I like and guys I hate. And I'm sure that I'll like SCI, but I, I don't think there's anyone announced for that yet, is there? No, not yet. Not yet. Not, well, for some reason, I feel like Sure Dunkerton is in. And that's the only name that's coming to mind is being in. Uh, other than that, not 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 one iota. But that's in August. So yeah, that's that's a ways away. That's yeah. a ways away. And we first have what about you? What are the tournaments that you're looking forward to? Let's say Ambition from WXW. As always, going to be part of the 16 karat tournament weekend. So tie into what next episode will be about. 16 karat tournament has again maybe another tournament that's lost its luster to some extent. If you, I looked back at last year's to be like, well, who the heck was in it? Because I remember some names popping up and be like, well, maybe there's something here. And had folks like Ace Romero. It had folks like Lufisto. It had folks like uh, Abe, Fuminari Abe. It was a interesting looking tournament. But all in all, I'm like, I don't know. No one talked about it. No one went to it. They sold their souls to the devil and then, I guess, didn't think they would have repercussions. So well, it's funny because I saw, I was looking at tournaments today and I was like, oh, Abe's in Ambition this year. That's really cool. Guess what? He was in it last year too. I just yeah. didn't know about it. Yeah. So it's going to be him. He's going to be in it. Bobby Guns is in it. And the one that I care quite a bit about is going to be Thomas Shire from yeah, that's pretty exciting. St. Louis Anarchy as well as occasionally some Texas Indies. So excited to see him make the trip over. He's kind of built for the style. Feels like in 2021, he was getting talked up a lot. It's like, oh, wow. An overnight, a 10 years in the making overnight success or what have you. And I feel like, I feel like I had heard the name and couldn't, couldn't tell you his face. And then he had the Kingston match. Yeah. And then I was like, suddenly a huge fan. Yeah. And then the Gary J matches being the big matches with him, you know, yep. bloodied up, and that really sold him fairly well to a wider audience. But feels like 2022, a step back as far as notoriety. I think part of that, no shade to St. Louis Anarchy, but they started to remove, not remove their shows from IWTV, but posting on Twitch, going streaming their shows on Twitch. Or YouTube and posting on YouTube before it went to IWTV, which I think was a very odd choice. I think the goal would probably be to get more eyeballs on it. But I think it took away a little bit of buzz, weirdly enough, even though it was out to a larger group of folks. And production on those shows just not near not really that good. It needed a hard watch. And St. Louis Anarchy has been a promotion that pretty much as far as I remember watching them a decade ago, their production was not very good. So it's a little disappointing <laughs> that that's still the case, but my hope is some of those things turn around next year and we can see Thomas Shire in a good light. And hopefully it makes some more rounds. Like obviously, the WXW bookings are so weird. I don't know how they figure out who they're going to bring in or not. Like, a uh, like the people they're bringing in for 16 karat is pretty all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Davy Richards, Masha Slamovich, uh, Commander, Trey Miguel. 
uh, Shigehiro Eerie. Like it's just it's it's it's, it's a weird group. But I mean, I'm excited about that too. I like I like those names. Yeah, and an exciting tourney of events. I just saw that David Richards also an ambition. Very oh, important. really? I didn't know that. Yes, very funny, but very good. I I'll take it. It's just an interesting lineup. It feels like I don't know what the, who's this tournament for. Who's gonna be like, wow, these are the, this is the talent that I'm after. And I don't know who's watching WXW anymore. Unfortunately, they used to be the hot indie. Then Coward goes away, and here we are. Here we are. But I'm excited. I think Ambition could be really good this year, and uh, excited to watch that. But those kind of that's kind of tournament I'm looking forward to right now. I can't think of really any other tournaments coming down the line that I'm like, wow, I'm pumped about. I wanted to talk a little bit about SCI if you don't mind though. Yeah. Uh, just because I think in 2021 and 2020, the shows definitely took a step back in my mind. Or was it 2019 and 2021? Because I don't think they did it 2020. They took a step back in my mind. There's just something something missing. That energy that was there in previous years. And that's not just because I went to a lot of a couple of those tournaments. But just the talent pool was maybe not quite up to snuff, but in 2022, I think they took a, a big step in changing that trajectory. There's a Kevin Koo versus Dominic Rainey match that is fantastic from that tournament. Adam Priest is one of the best professional wrestlers on the planet, let alone the indies. He was phenomenal in SEI last year. And I think it really helped make that tournament come to life in a way that it hadn't in years prior. As much as I like Daniel Makabe's runs in the other tournaments, and he has great match in last year's SEI as well. As much as I liked his runs, his performances, and Daniel Garcia, and as a wrestler, I guess, and Alex Kane as a wrestler in 2021, I don't think they really helped create a cohesive tournament. Something that's like, okay, there are good to great matches, it's entertaining, the pacing is there. Like the things that we talk about for other tournaments in these last nine episodes before this, and what makes a good tournament to us, like it wasn't there to me. But in 2022, I think they like maybe didn't reach 2015 levels, but maybe 2016 levels, maybe 2017 levels. I felt like there was definitely a turning point there, which I'm excited to see how they do this with 2023. Mostly because like I'm wondering where Adam Priest is going to be come August, because he is just far too good to be sitting around on the sidelines while these other places are picking up talent. Now. Now, did you watch? I didn't watch it. Uh, the IWTV Independent Wrestling Championship Gauntlet. I don't know what they called it. We'll say Would that. Put the belt on Matt, but also no. Put the belt I on Matt Treatment. I know why. I mean, I understand. I'm sure that H2O gets a lot of views. But like, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, they're going to put the belt on Adam Priest. That's exciting. No. And they just didn't go that way. I mean, it could be because they think Adam Priest will get scooped up. Or it could be because, you know, Deathmatch gives the view. I don't know. But I'm with you. I uh, I like last year's show. Uh, I love that Greeny Kevin Koo match. And, like, when I was, I actually watched, I skipped right to the Greeny Daniel Makabe match because I was like, that's the match for me. This is the match I want to watch from this weekend. Expect, I loved it. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just watch my favorite match of the shows. I don't know why I did that. Why? And then I went back and I was like, Greeny Koo is better. 
Yeah, it was it was unfair. It was an embarrassment of Richards yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, it was a it was a great weekend. So and obviously they always have the futures showcase tournament as well, which is like a little more condensed afternoon show helps fill out the weekend. And I don't think that's ever going to be like my favorite part of the weekend, but like, Hey, it's nice. A little, little piece there, especially for folks that are are driving down and it's like, okay, I don't really want to leave too far away. What can I do for a couple hours? All right. But yeah, I'm excited to see what that comes in 2023. I think being in back inside Daisy. This is not tournament related, but they have George Spouse versus Mike Jackson coming up. Hey, we'll we'll consider it tournament related because it plays into the tournament ecosystem. Let's say that. Let's say that. That's true. That's 90 years of combined experience. 90 years? Yes, that's what this graphic is telling me. Amazing. Incredible. I am excited to be a subscriber to the Premier Streaming Network, mostly because I'm curious if Best of the Best comes back. Because I have no idea what's oh, going CZW there. on. There? Is CZW, CZW on there the flagship promotion, I like to say. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> so hard for me to keep track of this stuff. I would lose whatever this whatever this quiz is, where you tell me what's on what streaming should network. I have no idea. Well, to be fair, no one can properly understand what's going on with CZW. Does DJ Hyde still own it? I have no, no idea. One, I know that. No one I knows. know that for like thirty seconds, I had you convinced to do an episode on a twenty twenty two tournament of death, and then you read the lineup and you were out. But you liked it in spirit. I liked it in spirit. I could not commit to it. Maybe. Maybe this is the year. Maybe it'll be a great lineup. Um, it'll be a great, great showcase of the Immortals. Yeah. All right. So I think things that we're not interested in G1, G1, trash, complete ass, couldn't care less. Is that fair? I'm a sexist and I don't like, like, actively go on my way to watch women's wrestling. So there's, but Queen of the Indies is something that's happening this year. Yeah, I am. I'm curious of what that's going to be. I will say, not that this won't be sexist. That King of the Indies, I don't think, was like a barn burner of a show. It's not like, like a barn burner experience, despite some bigger names, I guess, coming into the tournament. But if I think it lacked a certain punch when like Nakajima, I don't believe was in the tournament, but like Marafuji was. Like, oh, well, breaking. I mean, good not breaking news. Good news for them. Dragon Lee is in WWE now, so he can't be a four-time winner. There has to be a new winner now. I think he won the last three uh, King of the Indies. Yeah, there has to be someone new. So, Chigusa Nagoya is going to be not in the tournament, but on the show for Queen of the Indies. Oh, really? Yes. I thought she was in the the tournament. That's funny. No, she's wrestling. But she is not in the tournament. At least, that's not how it's presented. We'll see. Maybe that changes, but they've usually been fairly clear about those things in the past. Oh, I see. She's at the first ever Queen of the Indies, not in it. That's fair. Yeah. And I don't follow, like, I'm not actually sexist, I hope, but I don't follow you hope. Jo- Joshi at all, but is Marvelous, is that a, should I be excited about them coming over for that tournament? Well, I, 
I don't know how to phrase that. I'm also not a huge Joshi watcher, but I don't know how much Marvelous is going to be in this tournament itself. Uh, I know there'll probably be some representation, but I'm, I wouldn't call it like a 50-50 split or mm. even probably two, more than one would be my guess <laughs> in the tournament itself. We'll oh. see, though. We'll see. Okay. Uh, that said, at least I can say King of the Indies felt like they were trying to bring in names. I just don't think it. Yeah, it was an ex- it was an exciting lineup. It didn't it didn't work, but it was an exciting lineup. Uh, the Dragon Gate guys. Um, they said Nakajima was on the show. Marafuji was on the show. Dragon Lee, Jalistico. Um, for what I mean, it's I mean it might have been the guys they were bringing in. It did not feel like we were getting a plus effort from everyone on that show. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Like J.R. Kratos versus Nakajima. That should have been a tournament match. Like. That changes the whole vibe of that tournament. That's they're in that, I think. And they went to a draw for some reason, right? Yes. Who and knows? Why. That, which is like it's not in the tournament. Like I almost get in the tournament where like someone has to win, but they decide like, oh, we don't want Nakajima in it any longer because he'd have to win. But no, like why can't Nakajima just beat J.R. Kratos? Yeah, for sure. And Kevin Blackwood sucks butt. Sorry to tell everyone, oh. he's not very good. Tyus Alexander. <laughs> Not very good. Also not very Yep, there you go. So, apologies to all those that disagree. That said, Star Wars Charlie, who's on the show, I like Star Wars Charlie. I don't know why. I think he's just like a little spark plug. And I think wrestling needs those. But yeah, it's like a weird lineup because it also has like Jigafa too. Well, he's the king of not given a plus effort he's a king of not giving a plus effort i mean you never know when he's on he's great it's just like that's what one out of every 10 times or so yeah 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 and jigafat 2 is like an elite tier great in theory wrestler everything about him in theory is like oh yeah i want the big guy that does the stin moon salts that throws his body into everything but then at practice, it's like, oh, wow. It's kind of dogging it. Don't have that well, dog in him. for a show, and you first have to think, will he even be on the show? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I actually don't know how this tournament, I didn't watch the tournament in full. Uh, but now going back through, I'm like, I'm not sure how we end up with three-way finale when there's four First round matchups. It's just a weird tournament. It's just a weird. Uh, somebody tournament. got in, somebody got injured. I can't remember. Must been fought too. Must been fought injured. Yeah, I think, quote, it, I think it was injured. fought too. Yeah. Quote unquote injured. Yes. It's probably wrestling the next night. All right. And I think we should give a little breath, I guess, to the the death match tournaments of the year, where GCW puts on two death match tournaments a year, in well, at least the the two big ones, Tournament of Survival, and Nick Gage Invitational. Structurally, slightly different tournaments, but all in all, always feel pretty that they're trying to get off the same vibe. Is that does that feel correct to you, Dan? Yeah. Then ICW has has deathmatch tournaments, but I don't think I would consider any of them like the big ones. They have their pit fighter shows, and then they have the tough guy tournament where. They do their matches. 
without a ring within the cage. I think those are occasionally good times, but nothing special. It feels like we lack any new tournaments on the scene that feel impactful and meaningful since SCI. Like, there's been no new tournament since that 2000, I would say the 2015 SCI. The 2014 oh. SCI was sort of a proof of concept, it felt like, for the 2015. And then setting us up for the future. Like, I'm making these jokes, but because I don't follow women's wrestling, like, it would be okay to me if a bunch of, like, young indie women and Joshi wrestlers I don't follow had an awesome Queen of the Indies and, like, blew my mind. Because it does seem like a lot of these tournaments, like, we've seen them a million times, like, the Nick Cage Invitational, like, I like Alex Cologne, but, like, and, and John Wayne Murdoch, but, like, do I need to see it again? Yeah, it feels like the, the folks that have been on the scene are the same folks that were, were on the scene. and that, oh, that was literally the finals in 2022. Yeah. That was not that was not set up. Those are just the first two guys I think of that I like and are always in those shows, but they just always have been in those shows for quite a while now. Yeah, and if anything, folks are falling out of that field of being like competitive. Like, Nick Gage just... He doesn't have it anymore in that same way. Matt Tremont, love him. Great professional wrestler. He doesn't have carry the same punch that he used to two years ago. So even though deathmatch wrestling has become more prevalent, it doesn't feel like we've had a tournament take things up another notch. Or any of these tournaments really stick the landing and cement themselves as the big one for now. What do you think would have to happen for that to change, you think? I really don't know. Because like with with the scene so fractured and with the same guys being in it over and over again, like I don't know what could make a big splash at this point. Um I'd have to think about it, but I'm Maybe if you could, if you could get a big a bigger name who hasn't done death matches to do death matches, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think to me, looking around the scene, like okay, who could take things up a notch? I feel like ICW, if they really put their whole weight into a turn uh, a death match tournament. In a more meaningful way. Like booked maybe a bigger venue. Figured out a location that made sense. It could be something. Because. They've been bringing in international talent. From Australia. And Japan. Doing all of that together. And maybe bring in. Like the, the big names. Like the real names. You know. Like Junkasai. Maybe not anymore. But I know they brought in uh, Kobayashi last yeah. in the last year. Yeah. yeah. Like if they had brought him in for a tournament or Takeda, someone that really kind of helps push things up a notch in that regard, I think could be neat and could help may deliver something that feels fresher and feels like the, the, the premier deathmatch tournament. Feels like everyone's just fighting for that that spot. Otherwise, I think it'd have to come out of a region that is bubbling, 
currently. Like maybe a Texas, not deathmatch variety. I'm kind of just going like, hey, where's a, a, a big tournament? Kind of be able to sprawl from maybe Texas just because Brian Keith, I think, has done a lot to make that scene seem more relevant than it has. Bringing in other big, bigger names or other, not bigger names, but just other name indie talent to a tournament down there. That setting might be more interesting, even if it's a very similar talent to, to that we're seeing elsewhere. I think that could be something. Like, no major tournament's going to spring out of New Jersey or New England. Those places are done. It's gone. I would love to see Beyond Strike Up the Greatest Round Robin Rivals, Greatest Rivals Robin Robin tournament again and try to maybe bring that back and make that a thing again. Because I think the structure doesn't it, feel of that, like, doesn't it feel like they would choose the worst people for that right now? Well, they choose the worst people always. So that's yeah. fair. That's fair. I'm just trying to... I was just thinking, man, that, that would be good. But then I started thinking, like, who would they put in it? That's true. That's true. But it's hard. Like, someone doing a round robin like that could feel more interesting than what we're currently seeing. It mixes it up compared to what's been out there. And too many, ta- too many tournaments have just taken a step back because the talent pool has been depleted. Like, I like a lot of wrestlers that are still going today. I think there's lots of good talent, more, more than most people give it credit for. But, like, I'm not going to deny that when you lose so many people so quickly, you don't get to build up the cachet, the credibility of some of these folks. I guess that's where I'm at. What do you, what do you think the chances of, uh, like, a, a tag team tournament? Maybe making the splash because I know you have the Crockett Cup, but no one really watches NWA and DDT. If they if PWG still does it, you can't watch it for months. But if someone did like a streamed tag team tournament, you think that could possibly make a splash? I mean, I'd love to see tag team wrestling get get big again. I don't think it's going to happen just because like the only places that it would work are a major promotion, and the Indies just can't really do it. Yeah, it's been proven every time a promoter gets questioned about, well, why don't you do more stuff with tag teams? Well, you have to put two wrestlers instead of just one. Yeah, I don't buy that, though, because every indie has a six man scramble on it. I get that. I get that. I just think every everyone's pretty much said, like, we're not going to do it. Like, that's just not going to be a focus point. And then you got to have in real life, you got to have two guys that get along and you know, and we've seen IWTV try their tag team tournament for the titles, and that did not end up being a resounding success in my mind. There just wasn't enough talent. Yeah, mixed with like people were calling out violences forever. For, like that was too easy to call from the jump. I would say yes, but sometimes the obvious call is the right call. Like who else are you gonna, who else are you going to get on the Indies? That's the thing. Like, what what tag teams are like really good on the Indies, Dan? Um, there's lots of them. There's just can't you know can't think of them right now. But I'm sure there's lots of them. Sure, there's lots of them. Sure, there's lots of them. Yeah, yeah. Not enough people um, dedicate time to the tag team wrestling. Sadly. Can I just name like a bunch of luchadors that get forced to tag with each other? I mean, that would be the ideal. That'd be the ideal. There's obviously tournaments down in Mexico, but 
CML is going to run three dozen tournaments with no differentiate, with no meaning behind them. So there's that. As far as, hey, here's what to look forward to in 2023. And, my, th and there was a point in my life where I was like actively like upset that more people didn't watch Lucha, and I'm like, it's their fault. It's everyone else's it's It's AAA's fault. It's CMLL's fault. Like, if they wanted more international audience, they're going the exact opposite. They're, they're actively harming it. They're actively stopping it. So, anyone anyone is filling out a best of list and they don't have Lucha guys and they don't watch Lucha, I can't even blame you anymore. I'm getting back, Dan. I'm getting back. CMLs, they got me bit. Got me in. <laughs> That's been what, I, what I've been watching for the past two weeks. Been watching a lot of CMLL. All right. Anyone that's not watching it, you know, I blame them. I'm back on that train, Dan. But you're, you're. We're, I jumped off the train. You jumped on. Yeah, yeah. I do. The blame is back there. I was like, whoa. whoa. If I can find a Google Drive, you can find a Google Drive. That's well, that was going to say. I was like, if Lucha Blog disappeared from the internet, no Americans would watch. Lucha oh no, it'd be blog. done. All, Lucha would no longer exist. No. How he's done this for so long, God knows. My favorite thing on Twitter is the see when people will like just random people will jump in his replies to explain something to him. They're like, oh, that's actually uh, the mask is actually super important to Luchador. <laughs> it's incredible. It's a great bit. It's a great bit. All right, Dan. I've lost track of the plot here. Where do you want to start yeah, this conversation? Going through, my notes, going through my notes, I don't. I don't really have much else to cover. I mean, that's the, the year in tournaments. Um, be cool if uh, the G1 was shorter and more interesting. You want the King U.S. The version this back? year? Are we going to do the, the? Feels like every year. Oh, the, oh we're going to do the U.S. side of the bracket as well. Well, the problem is MVP still in WWE. Yeah, we need him back. If you can't get him if, back, if why bother? Play, if you want to make. A presence in America as New Japan, you got to get Sasha Banks and you got to get MVP. The big guns, as I like to call them. Yeah. Fair. Fair enough. All right. Now let's wrap it up. Let's wrap uh, it up. We will cover WXWs uh, next week, or not next week, next episode for sure. All right. No, that sounds good. That sounds good. Any plugs you want to give before we hang it up? No, the usual. Um, listen to everything Sam does. Oh, we don't know wrestling came back. Listen to that, and then if you want to buy a house, jump in my DMs. All right, go follow the podcast network at WDKWPN on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Concrete Nineteen Ninety Two. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, like Dan said, with WXW Sixteen Carat Two Thousand and Eleven. Thanks all for listening.